Thank you so much for pressing play on episode 102 of A-Sides. I'm Andy, and I have to tell you a couple things up front. The first is that for this episode, I was super excited to speak with this guest, probably as much as if I were to speak directly to Ozzy Osbourne or James Hetfield. That is my level of excitement. And number two is right when I hit record, they decided to run a wood chipper right outside of my window. Seriously, there's like a loud buzzing, and I hope it's not too much of a distraction for you when you're listening to this episode. But I think it caused me to freeze up a little bit because I couldn't get rid of that noise. So hopefully you enjoy this episode and you really enjoy my guest. His name is Toshi. He's in a band called Audrey Horn, and they are seriously one heck of a metal band. So once you get done, check them out. You won't be disappointed. So let's get to it. Episode 102 of A-Sides. Look, it's rock and roll. And cue music. Um, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, good, good. Thanks for doing this, man. Oh, my pleasure, man. It's uh, it's always nice to talk to someone. I like talking, so that that's cool. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, I know you're a tattoo artist, so I wanted to ask you about yes. that. But then also, too, you guys had a new album out in the spring, and it is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. When you're writing uh, songs for albums such as that one, uh, Devil's Bell... Like, where do you get your inspiration from? Kind of all over the place, really. <clears throat> I think, like, personally, I get it from most of the stuff. Like, the music is written by the two guitar players. Sort of everyone pitches in their ideas, and, and especially when it comes to arrangement and stuff like that. But, like, the music in, itself is usually written by the two guitar players. And then they send it to me and I sort of fool around and come up with melody lines and, and eventually lyrics. Always way too late, according to the other guys, but but just in time, if you ask me. But um, of course we drew, we find a lot of inspiration in, in other musicians' work, like other bands, artists that we love and and I can always, you know, when, when they when they write stuff, I can always sort of tell what they're sort of have been listening to lately because it kind of shines a bit through. Not necessarily in the in in the, in the way that uh, that I can that the music is similar to what they are listening to, but there are certain, you know, the way they build up a song or or uh, you know the arrangement parts and stuff like that. I can sort of tell that. 
they've been listening to this band or that band or that artist. But personally, I find inspiration in a lot of, especially for lyrics. Um, uh, Lyric-wise, I find a lot of inspiration in, of course, stuff that I read, uh, you know, uh, whether that being news or magazines or whatever, or other artists' uh, lyrics. Tattooing, you know, because tattooing is sort of a, if you call it a language, it's a language based on tradition and on symbolism. So there's a lot of stuff there that I can sort of find inspiration in. In let's just say, because like like with tattoos, there are, are, are a lot of cliches that are used a lot. Um, like uh, sailor's grave, pretty girls make graves, stuff like that. And, and, and often I sort of, it can be just like, uh, something like that. Pretty girls make graves, for instance, and that can inspire me to write a lyric about that. And a lot of the lyrics in Audrey Horn's music are in one way or another, they are maritime you know there there are a lot about the ocean and and ships and and basically the sailor culture which is i think has a lot to do with the fact that i work as a tattoo artist because a lot of the stories and and the and the and the flashes and in that culture is based on stories and and so i i draw a lot of inspiration from those stories when it comes to music i'm you know i mean i mean i listen to all kinds of music i listen to a lot of country music i listen to pop music i listen to you know electronic music whatever so if it's good then it's good it doesn't matter if you use it in a pop song or a, a country song or or a heavy metal song you know so I'm sort of inspired by all kinds of music, uh, truly. I was thinking about what you said about um, the sea and sailors, because I kind of picked up a lot of albums of yours. There's some songs like the Open Sea, Sail Away, and even the new album had like a lighthouse and like waves crashing. So I guess there is kind of a yeah. theme on them throughout. I've always been fascinated by by those stories and, and like movies and and books and I think in, if you look at it from the outside, life at sea on a ship is is that a good image of life on Earth as as humans? Because you know you're on a you're on a ship and you're a certain amount of people and and there's no getting off. You know you you have to coexist and you have to find a system that works and you have to find a common language in order basically to survive in a sense uh, and I think that's a good way of writing about the world and, and you know basically everything that we have to deal with politics religion uh, cultural differences all of that you know one way or another you know we, we need to coexist or you hear that phrase like yeah like we're all in the same boat we're all in it together mm. Mm. 
Uh, so um, this like new album that you guys put out this year is your uh, seventh album. Yeah. And I kind of came in late. Like I've only been a fan of you guys for about two years, but digging through all of your albums, I had noticed that you guys formed in 2002. And so it's like your yeah. 20th year as a band. Like how'd you guys yeah. initially get together? Were you friends or? Well, uh, yes, yeah, some of us were friends. Basically, the band got together. We were never really meant to be like a full-time band because we were in different bands. You know, some of the guys were in. in uh, when we started, there were guys from from more extreme metal bands like Enslaved and Gorgoroth and and uh, and, and, a, and a local band called Deride, which was sort of a more like Pantera-ish metal band. And they got together and basically just, you know, as musicians, you often have a need for, for sort of exploring other sides of your creativity. And, you know, like I said, I listen to all kinds of music. So, so, so like every second day I want to quit this band and start a new band because, you know, I can sit at home and listen to electronic music and be like, shit, I want to do electronic music. The, you know, the, the, the grass <laughs> is always greener on the other side uh, ID. So so they got together. People tend to say, you know, uh, how come people that you sort of play extreme metal want to do this kind of music? Isn't this very off? Uh, and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, these guys grew up listening to Guns N' Roses and, and, and Kiss and Motley Crue. It's not like they started out listening to black metal. Black metal wasn't even around when they started, you know, listening to music. So, so basically, they they got together and wanted to do something different. And um, and I knew the drummer, but he was the only guy that I knew. And and he so he suggested me. They weren't really looking for. A, a traditional heavy metal lead singer back then i was in a band that were more more like american alternative rock in in the 90s you know bands like uh, like uh, huskadu and and yeah everything bob molded basically oh, swirl okay. driver baroque soul that kind of thing so they called me and asked me if i wanted to try out um, singing in their band and I didn't I didn't know what it was and they were like well it's it's hard rock but it's not like anything extreme it's more melodic and it's you know we don't know we just wrote a few songs so so I I was like okay I'll try it out and I went to a rehearsal with them and I met these guys and they played you know they've written like three or four songs and they played them for me and I was like, shit, this is cool. You know, I love this. <laughs> so I was like, I, I want to do this. And, and I, I, I just, they gave me a, like a, a CD with, um, with these songs on. I went home and I, I, I just came up with some melody lines and they liked what I did. So funny story there was that the guitar player, uh, one of our guitar players called Alva, he wasn't, I went to the, like the first rehearsals I went to. He wasn't there because he was, I think he was away playing with Enslaved or something. And uh, so I did a couple of rehearsals with them. And then I couldn't do, he came back, but then I couldn't rehearse for some reason. Uh, so we kind of, I didn't meet him. And then I was, there was this local 
rock club in in our hometown Bergen that's sadly closed down but it was it was a it was an amazing like rock club where basically every musician used to hang out there and and I, anyway I was there and this guy came up to me and he was like hey are you Tushi and I was like yeah and he was like hi I'm Alva we're in the same band and I was like yeah I've heard about you uh, Nice to meet you, you know. So I, 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 <laughs> I sort of accidentally ran into him in a, in, a, in a club one evening, and then we'd already been in a band for probably a month without, you know, bumping into each other. So that was kind of funny. But basically what happened was that this was just meant to be something we did just for fun, you know, let's write some songs and maybe record them. And, and we did, and we recorded a couple of songs, and we did couple of like small shows uh, on like some of the small clubs here in town and um, and then some guys from a record label saw us and they were they came up to us and and they asked us if we had anything recorded and we said we do uh, and we sent it to them and they just basically signed us straight away and it was sort of something that was supposed to be just like a sort of a one-off thing uh, that turned into a 20-year thing. Well, that's awesome, especially, too, how you're saying you came from a different musical background than the other guys. You can mm. kind of tell from listening to it because it kind of sounds like you guys threw a bunch of bands in a blender and you kind of just have your own style, but you can pick apart, like, uh, Thin Lizzy here or Deep Purple here. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that we're sort of five guys who all have a really strong opinion on what our music should sound like. And uh, and we are five very, you know, we have sort of a common ground when it comes to music, but we're also extremely different in many ways. So, you know, there's um, always like stuff that I listen to that the other guys hate and and they, you know, like every every band member has a has sort of a, a bunch of music that they listen to that everyone else in the band is totally really don't understand why do you like this? What's good about this, you know? And so I think that has a lot to do with it, you know, because if we were five guys who love Metallica, we would probably sound like Metallica, but this is, this is a sort of a band where, where everyone throws in their, their stuff, even though, like I said, the two guitar players write most of the music, but the curse with this band is that you write a piece of music and you you think that okay this is cool i'll take this to the band and then the band totally rips it apart and and, and it ends up as something totally different because everyone comes like yeah that's cool but what if we do this what if we did that and you know everyone sort of pitches in and i think that's sort of what a lot of people like about our music is that we're not sort of trying to reinvent the wheel we're just trying to make it run as fast as and, and, and as good as possible, you know. I think we sort of managed to do it in a way where it's still personal because, you know, there's a lot of, I'm not naming any names, but there's a lot of bands, especially within hard rock, there's a lot of bands that, you know, they're good, they they have great guitar players, they have a lead singer that can, can sort of really, really has a strong voice but it's kind of soulless in a way it's just you don't have to listen to it twice so i think our music has 
some more personality to it and, and some more soul basically so i think and i think a lot of people like us for that reason but there's a lot of cliches but it still sort of has an honest unique personal touch to it as well you just reminded me of something too uh i went to school for graphic arts and like one of my old professors he said something He's like, don't beat yourself up trying to reinvent the wheel. It's okay to borrow as long as you kind of, I guess, make it your own. I have sort of the same education as you then. And, and, oh, cool. And I also, you know, when I went to, to art school, there was always, I had a teacher who always said that don't spend too much time trying to sort of be unique in a way that you have to come up with something new. Just, you know, spend time being unique and what you do, you know, that your touch on it is unique, you know. It doesn't matter if what you do has been done before because if that was the point, then then we could just all stop making music because every song has been written already, you know. There's, there's, there's hardly ever any band that comes out that does anything that hasn't been done before. Everything has been done before. But I would say Alice in Chains was was had a more unique sound, you know. And those bands don't come around very often, you know. Most bands, you know, they it's good, but you've heard it before, you know. And I think for me it was like I was a chance was sort of one of the times when I heard a band I was like, shit, this is something new, you know. Even though it's it's based on a lot of the music that came before them. Yeah, I feel the same way. I kind of got into them a little bit later in the 90s, but that would be one band where it's kind of different than the bands that were their peers because they had like the vocal harmonies and stuff too. Yeah, and they had such a gloomy, yeah, like heavy metal guitar. They were a lot more heavy metal than, than say, Pearl Jam and Madhoney and Nirvana and bands like that. that were yeah. more punkish in a way. Well, too, you mentioned going to school for art, like, is that what you wanted to pursue as a career? Because I know you're like a tattoo artist as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, I went to different art schools. I went to like three art schools. I went to uh, sort of a, just a, like a, like a one-year drawing school because I've been drawing since I was a kid. I always always been drawing. It's basically what I did as a kid. I was in my room drawing stuff. I love that and I love music. I started my first band when I was a kid. You know, I got some guys in my class to join my band and we didn't have instruments we didn't write songs or anything i just made band name and sort of made posters and album artwork and wrote lyrics and everything so we had everything except music and instruments basically oh. <laughs> but that was sort of my feel it counts as my first band because the idea was that this is a band you know but so I always been doing that, and then I went to this uh, one-year drawing school. It's, I'm not quite sure how to explain it in English, but anyway. And then I went to, to um, uh, an art school, which is two-year. Um, and this was sort of after high school. I loved that school. It was it was an art school where, you know, you did everything. We uh, we worked with photography. We painted. We did sculptures. We did basically everything. You know, the whole idea was just to play and come up with ideas and, and explore different ways of expressing yourself through art. And then after that, I went to the Academy of Arts. 
I wanted to become an illustrator. So when I when I finished that school, I started working as a as an illustrator, uh, like uh, on my own. I didn't work for anyone. So I just I worked together with a graphic designer and a photographer, and we did like uh, uh, artwork for for albums for oh, cool. different bands, and and we did I did some logos for like uh, a basketball club and, and for various basically small companies that someone knew someone who knew me and, and so I got a lot, a lot of my most of my work I got through people I knew and, and people who knew people who knew people and of course I was already in a band so I got a lot of artwork for albums and and posters and stuff so I did that for a while and while I was doing that you know I didn't make a lot of money out of it because like I said most of my clients were other musicians and other musicians don't have money so so I didn't I didn't make a lot of money out of it and but then I was playing in in bands at the same time and I started getting tattoos at a tattoo shop and basically I went there couple of times I got different tattoos and at one point I was just I was looking around there and I was like why am I not doing this this is perfect because I love drawing stupid stuff and <laughs> as a tattoo artist you get to draw a lot of stupid shit so uh, I just approached the guy who who uh, who owned that shop and asked him if if he was interested in having me as an apprentice and I was always carrying a bag full of drawings around so he'd seen a lot of my drawings and 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 really liked it so he said that when I approached him he said that funny you should ask because I was thinking about asking you if you wanted to be my apprentice uh, so I I started out there and this was around the time when we started Audrey Horn so I've been working this in the same shop um, ever since so I've been there for about 20 years as well. Oh, that's awesome. It's a good shop. I love it there. Uh, and and it's also it's, it's a great job if you're in a band because like like Odorhorn is not a full-time band in the sense that we do this like uh, every day all year round. So I manage my own time. So if I'm if we're making an album, if we're going on tour, I just say, "Hey, I'm going to be away for a month." And then, okay, cool. So, so it's a great job, and I know it's also a great job because, like I said, I draw a lot of inspiration from tattooing into music, but also the other way around. You know, I make a lot of designs that are based on lyric lines or songs that I, or artists basically that I, that I find interesting. And and of course, it's they are both ways of. Ex- Expressing yourself um, artistically, so it, it's it's good to have sort of two legs to stand on because sometimes you 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 sort of hit a wall, like with music. Sometimes you sort of you don't seem to be able to come up with stuff that you find very interesting yourself, and you sort of get a little bit of writer's block in a way so it's always nice to sort of 
instead of sitting at home and, you know, banging my head into the wall trying to get ideas out, then I can sort of switch to a different medium and sort of be creative there. I see what you're saying because, yeah, sometimes, like, um, you just got to kind of, like, almost, like, distract yourself sometimes if you're kind of like what you said. If you have, like, a writer's block, if you distract yourself with something else, like you go do tattoos, you might uh, think of something else. And you're like, hey, I got to write that down. Mm. Right? Is that the way it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, um, rock and roll and tattoos has been sort of a, they sort of go hand in hand. Oh, yeah, in many ways. Sure. <laughs> How many tattoos yeah. do you have? I would say not that much, but, oh, really? you know, a lot of people say that I have a lot, but I have quite a, quite a lot. Come in and I'm like, okay, you're getting a new tattoo. Where are we going to find space for that? You know, there's no, and they're like, well, next to my kneecap, there's like a small, you see, between that one and that one. Maybe we could fit something in there. You know, I'm not like that either. You know, if I want a tattoo, I have, I have space here and there, you know, so. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many I have. I haven't really counted them, but uh, but yeah, quite a few. Are there any that are like meaningful to you? Yeah, they are. You know, most of them have some sort of meaning, but not necessarily a very deeper meaning. A lot of them is just stuff that I find interesting or cool. You know, oh, um, yeah. you know, I have I have a lot of stupid stuff like a fried egg. Uh, <laughs> like a box of chocolates i have an old angry guy you know but but they're all based on some story something that happened or you know i just like that's a funny story and then i come up with an sort of an image with that and like oh shit i'm gonna get that tattooed um so and i have some i have my wife tattooed on me oh uh, cool you know stuff like that but but you know a lot of that I love roses, so I have, I have a bunch, bunch of roses uh, here and there on my body, and that doesn't mean anything other than I think like classic rose tattoo is a is a cool tattoo. So, well, I noticed yeah too that from following your Instagram page, like uh, we're a tattoo artist, and then I noticed once I started buying the albums, you also have done a lot of the like artwork too. Yeah, yeah, I, I've done. I done artwork on a couple of our albums, and I done a lot of like merchandise and posters and stuff like that over the years. It's sort of a what do you call it, like a double-edged sword? Is that what you say? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like doing it, and I think it's good for sort of uh, the visual part of the band that that someone because I always find it interesting when I listen to an album and I and, and notice that some of the band members made the artwork then i'm like oh cool but but it sort of gives it a more even a more personal touch on the album in a way the hard part is that like i said we're five very different guys in in many ways so so it, stuff that i like that i like this is cool you know this is a great artwork then someone else in the band will be like what, what are, you, are you crazy we can't have that as an artwork you know like when we made an album called Youngblood, uh, I made the artwork for that, and our record label fucking hated it. And, oh, really? Uh, so I had it like a, a yeah, yeah. They they really hated it. So we had this long fight about the artwork, and in the end, I had my way. 
I don't meet them very often because they're based in Germany, but um, but every now and then I run into, you know, the guys from a record label and, you know, they still bring it up like, yeah, the Youngblood artwork, you know, still not still not a big fan. Oh. <laughs> so uh, so it's it's kind of because, you know, when you make something, it it is personal. And when other people disagree with you and say, like, I don't like this, uh, then I tend to get like, well, that's not a good reason. You have to give me a good reason because whether you like it or not doesn't matter to me. You know, it's 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 our album and it's it's uh, you know it's our our name on it. So if someone from a record label or management doesn't like it, I don't really care. But if they, you know, of course, if they have like a, a valid argument, then I will listen to it, and then we can sort of go into a discussion about it but if they just say no i don't like it then i'm like well you're not buying it you know you're selling it so <laughs> you know if you don't like it i, I don't care really you know? on youngblood um, was it uh the cover that they didn't like or the inner artwork itself or all of it no nah, i think it was the whole thing Spe- especially that like the cover artwork they didn't like it at all and i made it sort of as a because youngblood was sort of a like a fresh start for us as a band in many ways because we made uh, our three first albums and you know after having released our third album which was a really good album i'm extremely proud of it and and it was so so fun making it we recorded it with the in in los angeles with a producer called joe Baresi. oh cool and um and uh, I still think it's one of our strongest albums, but by that time, it all it all was it all became about uh, sort of the the business side of being in a band. So there were like uh, the label we was on then wanted us to. They were like, you have to do this and that. Uh, you know, to gain more popularity, and and it was all about who you talked to and where you played, and and we kind of we started not having as much fun playing in this band as we used to have. So we when and that was our last album for that label, and then we sort of started shopping around, and then. We, we we decided that if we're going to do this, it it needs to be fun. Because if it's not fun, then it's just work. And if it's just work, then it has to pay really, really good. It has to pay really good if it's, if it's just work, you know. Because we don't want to do music if it's not fun doing it, you know. And so we decided, let's go back to our rehearsing room let's let's just play music write music together as a band let's just jams and and have fun and see what comes out of it the music we made before that was way darker and and more gloomy in, in many ways and and when the music we wrote for Youngba was so happy in many ways it was <laughs> like like it, it, was, it was basically everything that we grew up 
with hard rock being, you know, with bands like Iron Maiden and Motley Crue and, and ACDC and all that. And that was basically that hard rock is supposed to be about a good time. And, and we had so much fun writing that album and recording it. So our music had changed from being a bit more gloomy, uh, more on the alternative side of hard rock to basically become straightforward. 70s 80s inspired hard rock which which was us going like hey let's go back to being kids in a rehearsing studio again so when we made that uh, and then we signed with uh with napalm records and when we when i made that artwork i was like i want the artwork to be about what hard rock was when i was a kid which was like that like the hard rock bands that we listened to were kind of like our superheroes in many ways and and they were larger than life and 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 it was colorful and it was um you know um, theatrical so i wanted to make an artwork that sort of celebrated all of that and and like like i said a lot of our music is has sort of we we wear our inspiration on our sleeves it's not like what do you mean we've been listening to Kiss or Iron Maiden? You know, it's, yeah, of course we listen to, listen to our music. Of course we listen to Iron Maiden. And I wanted to do the same thing with the artwork. So it's sort of loosely based on the rock and roll over album by Kiss. You know, I wanted to make like, because Kiss were the ultimate larger than life theatrical superhero rock and roll band. Tongue in cheek, is that what you say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like that's a good yeah, expression. I think our record label kind of didn't understand that. They sort of didn't see that, you know, they're used to hard rock bands having like a bit more serious artwork. So I don't think they didn't like it because it wasn't well made. I think it was more that they didn't, you know, to them that was kind of like, why are you making like serious hard rock and then have sort of a cartoon artwork for it? I guess once they, they got the theme it. of it, then they could kind of get like, you know, where you're coming from with the music and the art yeah. and everything. Yeah. I noticed too that, yeah, yeah you must really like uh, Kiss because you guys did a cover of, was it Nowhere to Run? And then even in one of the albums, you guys thank Paul Stanley. Yeah, yeah, we, we do. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've always been like, like, there's like two bands that sort of are like sort of the common ground for us as a band like that's Iron Maiden and Kiss that's sort of what we all grew up listening to and they were like huge big big heroes for all of us you know when we grew up there's a song on an album called uh, an album called Pure Heavy the song is called Tales from the Crypt oh Tales from the Crypt it's called um, where there's a Kiss reference in, in the lyrics and, and like when on on Blackout, we thank Paul Stanley, which was basically because when we when we wrote that uh, that album, uh, we sort of had this uh, thing where we used to listen to uh, Paul Stanley's solo album from 1978. You know, when they released um, uh, Everyone in Kiss released their own solo album at the oh, same yeah. time, um, and and Paul Stanley's solo album was on the stereo a lot you know when we toured before that album and when we wrote that album so so when we sort of made the credit list we were like we should thank paul stanley because you know 
we we did listen to that album quite a lot during during the writing of that album. It's like the tongue in cheek, like way, you said. Yeah, it's I another guess. way of sort of celebrating where we come from. You know, it's not a secret. You know, I guess most people who listen to our music know that we sort of were huge Kiss fans growing up sort of way of saying who we are kind of like like heavy metal guys where where they have patched us all over the back with different bands it's just sort of a way of saying hey this is this is who i'm i like these bands this is my kind of music you know much like tattoos are a way of t-shirt is a brilliant example of how people express who they are you know like if you wear a vegan t-shirt it's usually not because Oh, I love the color of that shirt. It's basically because, hey, I want to sort of express something about myself. So I'm wearing a T-shirt with a slogan that says something about that I, I'm a vegan, whatever, you know. I like that you uh, chose that like Nowhere to Run song because I thought the way you guys did it with that one especially, I think it's unplugged. And it's like you sound yeah. great unplugged and then you sound great on the heavier stuff like you said on the first couple albums and you sound great on kind of the hard rock style you can kind of i guess where i'm going is your voice is kind of versatile to kind of do it all i've never been able to see myself as a good singer i think a lot of singers are like that your voice is an extremely personal instrument it's it's a lot more personal than guitars or drums and, and keyboards and, and every other instrument because it's it's a part of your body and it's a part of your personality. And and so I guess there's probably a lot of singers out there who are really fucking talented and know that they are extremely talented. And that has no problem saying that I'm a great singer, you know. Uh, but even great singers, I think a lot of great singers probably, you know, beat themselves up about not being good enough or, but I, like I said, I'm, I've never been, I've never had a sort of a talent. I started, like I said, when I was a kid, I, I, I made, you know, posters and artwork and lyrics without, you know, having music or, or even knowing if I was able to make music. And, um, so when I sort of started my first band, it was, it was basically, we started our first band the way that I guess a lot of bands starts, that, you know, you're a kid and the instrument you play is the instrument that is uh, accessible for you. Like my dad is a musician He's been in a band. He's still in a band. He's, he's. My dad is seventy-five now, and he still plays in a band. And they, oh, wow. you know, they do shows. Uh, but he's been in a band as long as I've lived, and and um, so, and he, he's a bass player. So of course I played the bass because that's the instrument I was able to get my hands on, and the drummer played drums because his dad had a drum kit and. The keyboard player played keyboard because they had a keyboard at home, you know. That's how you sort of start out. I guess a lot of bands start out like that when you're a kid. But uh, the guys that I played with, you know, they were, they just thought it was, you know, fun to start a band. And 
but I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. <laughs> so, uh, so I had ambitions that sort of were way above what they had. You know, they were just looking to fool around for a bit. So when we when we came to the point where okay, who's going to sing? And and everyone was like, all of a sudden, everyone was in the back of the room and like, oh, don't look at me, you know. Um, and I realized this if this is going to go anywhere, someone has to sing. And we didn't know anyone outside of us in the band that we could ask. So I was just like, fuck it, I, I'll do it. I, I can sing. You just kind of wanted to kind of do it. So you just kind of had yeah, to do it out of necessity it. or something? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had to do it if, if it was going to be a band at all. Yeah. So I started singing in that band and I wasn't very good at it. But what I didn't have in my voice, I sort of I had in my stage personality because I, you know, looking at Paul Stanley and Vince Neil and David Lee Roth. And so I, I was kind of like, I knew that when I got up on stage, you know, you can't just stand there and sing. You have to sort of put on a show. <laughs> so that's what I did. And, and then we, we entered a sort of a talent contest um, here in, in, in our hometown. I played with these guys and they were just, you know, standing there like they were just standing, looking at their instrument, playing, playing really like shoegazing. And I was jumping around like an idiot. <laughs> and then after the show, three guys, you know, they had like mohawks and, and earrings and uh, and torn up jeans and and jewelry and shit. They came up to me and were like, yeah, we like what you did. You want to join our band? And I, just, I, I looked at them and I'm like, I didn't know what kind of music they played, but I I could tell that they were probably playing hard rock and and they looked like they meant it. And then I looked at the guys that I was playing with. And I was like, yeah, see you later, guys. I'm joining this band, you know, <laughs> basically based on the fact that they looked fucking cool. And um, and they were serious. So so that's sort of when I got into my first serious band, because they, they you know, they wanted to sort of uh, create stuff and, and, and achieve something. You know, the guys that I play with, they just wanted to fool around and get drunk every now and then. Um, so so it was it was an easy choice. You know, I just looked at them were like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm joining you guys. What you said about voice and singers, I never had a strong voice. I still don't have a strong voice. I have a stronger voice, but not like a really strong. And I don't have like a huge range or anything, but I think I just, have gotten good at doing what I do, you know, and using my voice as best as I possibly can and to express myself in a way that is believable, you know. Um, but basically, when I, you know, when I listen to other singers, that's the kind of singers that I, you know, enjoy, that I respect it's it's an instrument that's like i said it's it's extremely personal uh, so you're a lot more vulnerable because you know if your guitar doesn't work you just fix your guitar and then it works okay if a guitar player breaks his hand then then of course there's an issue you know but with a broken hand it's like i can't play okay everyone understands but you know with a tired voice it's like yeah but you know just go up there, you know, it, it, like as a guitar player, you can party as much as you want, you know, and you still play fucking good the next day. But as a singer, if you 
if you party too much, then your voice gets fucked. And like I said, every second day I question myself. And and the other days I ask myself, why am I not playing drums? Why am I not playing a guitar? <laughs> it would make my life so much easier, you know. But then again, when it, you know, when you when you're good and when it and you feel that shit, I'm doing something awesome here. Then 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 it feels probably even more rewarding I, I would assume not not really knowing but I, I would assume so so it's um it, it has its ups and downs being a, a singer definitely do you have to do certain things when you're on the road or at home like do you have to like avoid certain foods or um liquids no or i don't anything? no i don't do anything like that i just uh, I, I just warm up um, properly before I, I do shows or before I go into studio because my voice works a lot better when it's warm. You tend to not do as much damage on your voice if, if it's warm. So, you know, it's a muscle like any other muscle. You know, if you sit on your couch for yeah. eight years and then decides, hey, tomorrow I'm going to do a marathon, then it's not going to end well, you know. But if you if you warm up and if you, you know, if you if you exercise, and you can do a marathon without any problems, you know. So it's a muscle. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I, sometimes I meet singers who are like, oh, I can't drink that. I can't, uh, I have to avoid this and that food. I need to, yeah. And, and they, and they do all kinds of, of remedies on tour. Like I eat garlic, uh, I drink olive oil, all of that. And I'm like, well, if it helps, it helps, but I, I don't think that stuff really works. I think it's more in your head. So I, I just warm up, try to stay hydrated and get enough sleep. That's basically what I do it for. Keep the partying on an acceptable level. I don't, I don't really drink much on tour. I drink a lot more off tour than I do on tour. I did want to ask you, I know we talked about album artwork before, and this wasn't a drawing, but... My friend Kenny, he really likes the cover of the Blackout album, so I thought I would ask, like, where did that, like, where did the idea for that come from with the uh, squid or the um, octopus? <laughs> yeah, that's actually an artwork that I made too, but I didn't actually take the photo. I had a, a friend who's a really good photographer. I had him do it, but but I sort of came up with the whole concept and 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 everything when we did the. The Blackout album, we had this weird, exhausting, stupid idea when we made that album that that we were going to try out every idea that came to the table. We came up with about 70 ideas for songs for that album. Oh, wow. So when we, when we were working them, it was like fucking chaos. It was like, yeah, for that song, maybe for the... Uh, Maybe if we went from, you know, the guitar part there and then maybe the chorus could be like this and people would be like, yeah, but that's, those are two different songs. You're, you're mixing up two different songs. And when we talked about a song, we could talk about it for five minutes and then realize that we're talking about two different songs here. So, uh, and, and we tried out everything uh, in sort of like uh, in a certain tempo and then what if we do it a bit slower and then we tried that out and we recorded everything 
so we had so much material that we sort of at one point we were just like this we need to pick like 12 songs out of this and just throw the rest away and because this is this is madness you know so it was kind of um like um i don't know the english word but we say dogma do you say that uh you know when you when you make art based on a certain set of rules yeah 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 so um so when we were doing the artwork i was thinking a lot about concepts and and i started looking at other artworks and i got into a, a guy called storm torgerson who who uh did artwork for pink floyd uh, led zeppelin uh well basically he's done artwork for scorpions he did the love drive and the animal magnetism for scorpions he did shitloads of artwork and he was always he always had these weird like beautiful pictures but there were always something off in it like say uh love drive with with um with scorpion where there's a guy touching a woman's breast and there's <laughs> gum stuck between the breast and his, his hand like he touched her and, and takes out his hand and, and then he's you know he stuck his hand to a piece of gum that was on our so he always had this like weird thing and like for many many years i've been playing live i've always been like wearing a like a shirt and a and a necktie and sort of like a i always had this more posh image and one of the guitar players said that maybe we should do something about you know because you're the only guy in the band that sort of had sort of has a clear image so they were like maybe we should do something about that and i sort of wanted to do something that was a bit surreal in a way so i was like okay if we're doing something with with sort of my image i had the idea of standing in water so sort of the the shirt was starting to soak and um and instead of like if you see like a white shirt and a tie that's usually you think of a you know corporate guy and and there's usually like a a pen in his pocket or or something like that and i i wanted to have something that was in the pocket that sort of that it didn't make sense that it was there so me and this photographer came up with this idea that maybe we could put something that you would associate with water and and we came up with the idea of the squid and so I, I went to a friend who runs a restaurant and and he got me a squid and I, we were going to put that like a, like a raw squid but a raw squid just looks like a lump of jelly <laughs> so so i had to take the 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 squid home and boil it at home because then it starts to look like what they do when they're alive i have a friend who works in an aquarium so i called him and asked him if he had you know an empty huge empty one in, in inside of the uh, aquarium um, and he had like a huge tank that that there was at the moment were not any fishes in so we borrowed that and and we took that picture and i think it's good because it sort of it doesn't it doesn't tell like uh, an obvious story but that's the thing with if you look at um she were here with Pink Floyd, for instance, which is just two guys handshaking in a street. 
except one of them is on fire, <laughs> which, which is it, it's a, and it's a brilliant artwork, but it, it and it definitely tells a story, but it's not, it doesn't tell a story that is obvious. Like okay, this is you know a protest against this or that, or this is a, a statement of something. You know, it's just it's just basically an artwork that allows you to use your imagination. Why is there a squid there? What does a squid uh, symbolize? Uh, why is he standing in water, uh, you know? And also the way Storm Torgerson did those artworks was that he, he never like Photoshopped stuff. Like he actually put a guy on fire uh, to make that picture. And um, so he always, he always sort of like created an image and then took a picture of it and that's sort of the image i didn't in a million years think that the rest of the guys in the band would agree on that uh, artwork because i thought it's going to be too fucking artsy fartsy for them <laughs> but they they all loved it and they were like yeah it looks cool it looks great oh awesome. and also at the same time i wanted to you know we don't we don't have our logo on that album because i wanted it to be like like the albums like you remember, you know, back in the day, if you went to a vinyl store and looked at the album, all the albums had like the the band name and the and the album title on the top of the artwork. Because when you were flipping through albums, you would see it. You know, if it was at the bottom or in the middle, you know, if if the if there was a lot of vinyls, you would there would be tight spaces between them. And you would you wouldn't see them. You you would just like flip past it and not knowing what it was, you know. So I, I said we should have we should not use the logo. It should just say you know in like straight capital letters. It should say order horn blackout at the top. And no one knows about this unless I tell them, you know. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks for telling me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's cool. Like you came up with that because I was kind of think I was tying it back to like the sea, like you had mentioned even before. But maybe that's maybe that's subconsciously because a lot of stuff happens subconsciously. You know, when we write music, very often we we sort of we can come up with something and this is, yeah, this sounds great, and then someone would be like, it sounds a bit familiar, you know, and then you realize that you actually ripped off something parts of, of someone else's song and you don't you don't go like yeah hey, i'm gonna steal that part you know you just write music and then you start on a uh, like a, a you start on a chord and then you go to another and then to a third and then subconsciously like the two first reminds you of something without your without you actually knowing it and then you write something and then you realize hey wait a minute this is the same chord structure as uh this or that song and and of course it's it's not an, it, it, it's your subconscious because it's a song that you've been listening to a lot like 10 years ago or something um or or one week ago for that matter you know so I don't know. I never really thought about the water being connected to the whole maritime sea uh, fetish that I seem to have. But maybe it does, you know. And you're the first 
guy to actually point that out. Uh, maybe it does. I don't know. <laughs> it might be some my subconscious that been you know telling me to hey throw an ocean in there, dude. Oh, how did you come up with the concept of the um, what is it the lighthouse on the new album? Did you is that one that you just went with right away, or um, did you have a couple ideas? in mind and then no we had we had we had a a different artwork that was an id but there was a lot of discussion that like some people loved it some people hated it so at one point we decided that uh because that was made by someone else so we decided that okay they said to me well the other guy said to me and actually our record label uh, said to me why don't you come up with an idea and we'll we'll see how that works. The song Devil's Bell, when I wrote that, I, I was working on the lyrics and I came up with lyrics for the chorus and I, I sang Devil's Bell and I realized I'm not actually sure what Devil's Bell really is. Is the Devil's Bell a thing or is it just something I made up, you know? Have I heard it somewhere before? I don't know. So I, I just Googled it and was like, what is Devil's Bell? And I realized that it's 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 a flower actually. But but uh but it's also in Christian religion there's a thing that the devil doesn't like bells apparently, because supposedly the sound from a bell was a sound that was so pure and innocent that that was the only thing the devil couldn't uh my English isn't always. It was like best. a weakness or something to him, or yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't change it or or manipulate it in any oh, way. Oh, okay. So huh. so, and that apparently drove the devil crazy, you know. So 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 it said that the devil hates the sound of bells because it's it was the only sort of sound that he couldn't manipulate and 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 destroy in in a way. But anyway, while I was reading all of this, I came across a poem called The Inchcape Rock, which was a story about, there was a rock outside of Scotland where ships, uh, you know, during storms, the ships would, would run aground there and, and, you know, the sailors would drown and die and, and, and the ships would uh, sink. So uh, there was a captain who, who made a bell tower there. So when there was a storm, there was always someone who could ring that bell. And, and when, the, when the sailors heard that bell, they knew that, oh, we need to stay away from that, you know, stay away, clear of that sound because then you wouldn't run aground. And then there was a pirate, of course, who, who blew, that, blew it up uh, because, you know, it was good for his business that ships ran aground. But of course... In the end, he was out looting and 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 came was coming back home and and a big storm uh, came and and of course he ran aground and drowned uh, at, the, at the very same rock, you know. And so it was sort of a you know the whole theme of the poem was karma, you know what you you know what you do to others and and stuff like that. And I thought that that was I like that idea, you know I like the whole story and the image of it so basically we had already decided that the name of the album was going to be devil's bell because of no other reason than we thought it sounded cool um so when i when they asked me to do come up with an idea for an artwork i just basically said 
to myself, let's just illustrate that poem, you know. And the other guys liked it, and our record label liked it, so that's what ended up as as an artwork for for the album. And I think it's it's cool. It's a bit dark because the music on this album is a bit darker than our like last three albums. I, in, in many ways, I would say that Devil's Bell is sort of uh, the bastard child of of sort of our first three albums and our our next three albums this is sort of the the missing link between between uh young blood and and uh and our first albums in a way because it's it still has that like good time classic hard rock feel but it it has a lot more darkness to it both both in the music and also in the lyrics so i figured that a, a darker image as an artwork would would do the album justice uh, yeah i think that's cool i thought it was just like devil's bell was just something it sounded cool or it sounded heavy but like i like how you took inspiration from on those stories and stuff too yeah and that was not like a story that inspired the lyric it was basically a story i found after i've written the lyric yeah. so it, it's the artwork is basically based on a story that I found while I was just because I wrote the lyric and I, and I didn't really think about the meaning of the word devil's bell. It just sounded cool. And it's it's a bell that the devil has, you know, and that he rings. And once again, I got to throw ships and oceans and yeah. light, you know, stuff like that and into the whole other own mix, which is which I'm always happy when I can do. <laughs> I'm a newer fan of you guys. Are there any songs that you would point out for anybody else that's new that wants to get into Audrey Horn? Like, what do you think would be like a good starting point for somebody to check you guys out? I think I would sort of say something from our third album and out. Like, two first albums is, I'm very proud of those albums, but they're kind of a band that we we kind of feel that we outgrown those albums in a way. Uh, we don't play much from those two albums live. It's not like because we don't like the music, but it's more because, uh, you know, as a person, you know, if you, if you take yourself as an example, there are things 20 years ago that you today would say that I'm not quite sure why I was very into that, or I'm not quite sure why that was important to me back then. It's not anymore, but you know, that was me when I was 20 years younger and sort of the same thing with a the band. There are certain musical elements that are sort of in our past. Uh, so it's not that we don't like the music and we're not proud of it. We're extremely proud of it, but it's kind of like, yeah, that's in the past in many ways. So, I would guess I would guess I would say, like for if you're if you're looking for something, um, I would say there are songs on on Pure Heavy, uh, songs like High and Dry and Boy Wonder. I think on on Young Blood, there's stuff like Cards with the Devil, uh, Show and Tell. But I think in, in general, if I'm gonna pick one song and say, hey. If you like this, then you're probably going to like what Audreon does. 
Then I would pick a song from our third album, our, our self-titled album. There's a song called there on that called Blaze of Ashes, which is basically sums up what we're doing. It's like huge riffs and strong melody lines, basically. It's, we always had this very strict rule that no matter how cool a guitar riff is or a piece of music it is, if, we, if we're not able to make a, just a strong melody line on top of it, then the riff doesn't do us any good, you know? So we've thrown away some good stuff because we never really been able to write good enough melody lines in a way on top of it. But I think um, Blaze of Ashes is, is a good song to start with if you, if you want to check out what this band is all about. It's interesting that you actually mentioned that one because I've kind of went out of order with your albums and I've tried to buy them and I could only get so many. As you said, um, some of the other ones, like I guess they're like out of print or something because maybe it's just to, to do with your different like record labels, but... I was going to say it's interesting that you mentioned Blaze of Ashes because I literally like a week ago um, shared that song with my girlfriend and I said, hey, check this uh, song out because um, Sammy Hagar has that song, I Can't Drive 55. I'm like, there's no way I could drive 55 to Blaze of Ashes. I'd, I was saying like, I want to drive like 95 to that song or something. So, Yeah, cool. Thank you for that. I guess if anybody listens to this and checks out that song, just listen to it at the gym or something. Don't do it behind the wheel. Yeah, or do do it in your car, you know, because a lot of people actually has come up to me and said that your music works really well while driving. A lot of people point it out. So I've been saying a lot of times when people ask me, what kind of music, how would you describe a music? I'd say it's, it's, it's hard rock made for driving a car pretty fast. Uh, and sometimes slow. Um, so, but but it's yeah, it's um, it's. Uh, I think that song sort of really sums up what this band is about. Oh, cool! Is that how you came up with the uh, the concept for that pure heavy then? Because uh, your music's like suited for yeah. a car. Yeah, in a yeah, in a way, but it, it was because there was a lot of like people who mentioned that, and then. We talked to the guy that's a, is a graphic designer who, who made that artwork, and he was like, I think it was actually him who said that, you know, I've been listening to your music while, while driving, and, and, and then he was like, I have an idea uh, with a car uh, on the artwork, and we were like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And he, he, he came up with it and showed it to us, and we were like, yeah, fuck, it looks awesome. Let's do this, you know. So, um, but... but uh, I think it was actually him. It wasn't something someone said to him. It was sort of himself who pointed out that he's because he's a friend of ours, so he he'd been listening to our music uh, quite a lot. And um, I think it's cool if you buy that CD too. There's like Audrey Horn air freshener. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. We made air fresheners. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I don't have one. I wish I had one. Uh, we did. And that was, of course, there was a car on it. We were like, we were like, mm, you want to make something? Our record label was like, you want to make something special for the album? We were like, can we make car freshness? And they were like, sure. We're like, then that's what we'll do. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, I don't want to keep it too late because uh, I know it's a lot later over there for you guys. But thank you so much for uh, talking to me. 
about it was um, pleasure, artwork man. and songs. It was yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I've had, I've had a. I did shitloads of interviews when we sort of around the time we released the album, and then, and then of course it gets quiet. So I haven't done like interviews in in since before the summer. So to me it was like because I, I like talking about you know music. It's it's a good way of reflecting uh, around my own part in in this band and 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 us as a band and our music, you know, when you talk to people, you, you tend to say something. And then when, when you say something, you sort of realize something during while saying it and then, oh, yeah, of course, and then you sort of keep going. So um, I tend to talk a lot in interviews. And, and um, I'm always like, yeah, um, they gave me 30 minutes and I'm like, yeah, but I'm not done. So fuck that. We, we need to continue. <laughs> uh, so, so, to, to, so it was a pleasure talking to you, man. It was, it was good. Um, I actually wanted to reach out um, to you guys back in um, earlier in the year when the album came out, but I was kind of almost how I said I was nervous. I was a little bit intimidated. And I'm like, and I'm kind of a newer fan. I'm like, I need to dive in a little bit more. Like I need to do more of my homework or something. We're so, the nicest band on earth. Yeah. There's there's absolutely nothing except for a drummer, but um, <laughs> the rest of us are like really really nice people. So yeah. you don't have to have to be intimidated by us. You can be intimidated by a drummer. Oh, okay. You have to meet him. <laughs> All right, man. It was nice talking to you. Have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you. Every time I try, they seem to lack a certain now.